Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey there. Welcome to Dear Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Bernstein. And if you landed here, it is absolutely no accident. It means that you're ready to feel good and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. There's one therapeutic process in particular that has dramatically changed my life. And it's called Internal Family Systems. And I'm really excited to share that on this episode of Dear Gabby, my big talk today is with the founder of IFS, Internal Family Systems, Dr. Richard Schwartz. IFS is a therapeutic practice that has changed my life because it's a internal practice that can be applied anywhere, anytime. You can bring it into your own consciousness. You don't have to just be sitting in a therapy session to practice IFS. And IFS has helped me heal from trauma and it's brought me back to a deep inner sense of safety. It's radically improved my relationships to others, but most importantly, it's deeply, deeply healed my relationship to myself and to all of the parts of who I am. I have so much forgiveness for my past and for my behaviors from the past and all of the ways I may have acted out. And I can deeply and compassionately love myself now as a result of following the principles of internal family systems. And I'm really psyched for you to listen to this podcast. I'm fangirling like crazy people. I go nuts. I'm so excited to be with Dick Schwartz. I have been so deeply moved by this practice that I'm taking the IFS level one training in the fall. I'm currently in another training for IFS and coaches, and I'm just soaking it up. You've probably heard me reference IFS and address some of the principles in Dear Gabby, and it's my commitment to you to learn as much as I can about this process so that I can safely share these principles with you. Today is a beautiful introduction and I'm so psyched to share it with you. Here's what you're going to learn on this episode. You'll learn what IFS really is, how to explore self with a capital S and what self means, 
the three types of parts we all have, why we are so reactive when we get triggered, why sometimes we turn to addictive behavior, the intersection between IFS and spirituality, and what it means when we spiritually bypass. This is a big, big, big episode. I want you to definitely stick around to the end. You'll want to listen all the way through for this big talk because we finish our conversation with Richard walking us through an amazing meditation. So don't miss this. I am so psyched for this big talk. I'm so psyched to tell you about our podcast sponsor, Athena Club. Summertime means more shaving more often, which I really don't love, to be honest with you. And there's a lot of razors out there. Trust me, I've tried them all, but I'm not kidding you guys. I am obsessed with the Athena Club razor. It is legit the prettiest razor I've ever seen. It works better than any razor I've ever tried. I hope you can genuinely feel my enthusiasm coming through the audio now. It's a razor and I'm obsessed with it. Athena Club's razor is designed with built-in skin guards to help prevent razor burn while being gentle on curves. It's no wonder this razor has thousands of five-star reviews, including mine. And the best part is that the razor kit's only $9 and comes with two blade heads, a magnetic hook for your shower, which I actually put on the back of my bathtub, and your choice of handle color. The razor has cute handle color options, but they also have black and white razors for all of the minimalists out there. And I have pink, obviously. Plus, you'll never have to worry about running out of refills because you can choose how often replacement blades ship to you. That means fresh, ready-to-use razors whenever you need them. Athena Club also has the dreamiest shave foam, and that was probably why I started liking and enjoying the process of shaving again. Show your skin you care with the Athena Club razor kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off the first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use the promo code DEARGABBY. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with promo code D-E-A-R-G-A-B-B-Y for 20% off. I wanted to turn it over to you to let the listeners and viewers know what IFS is, how this incredible life-changing system has supported so many people since, since you were the age of 32 years old when this came to you, came through you a gift that you've given to the world. Let us, let us hear about it. Okay. Again, I'm, I'm very honored by your interest and I'm glad it's been helpful. So yeah, I was a, a punk basically. I was fresh out of graduate school with a degree in Maryland family therapy. And one of those obnoxious family therapists who thought we'd found the Holy Grail and could do anything. We didn't have to muck around in the inner world to people change we can just change their families and tried to prove that by doing an outcome study and with bulimia actually which was new on the scene at the time and found that that wasn't true we could reorganize the families the way the book said to do it and still some of my clients much to my chagrin kept binging and purging so i began asking why and they started talking this language of parts. And they would say things like, when something bad happens in my life, it triggers this critic who calls me all kinds of names. And then that brings up a part that can make me feel totally bereft and young and alone and empty. And that is so dreadful to feel that to the rescue comes the binge and takes me away. But the act of the binge brings back the critic 
who's now calling me a pig on top of the other names. And that brings back that worthless, young, empty place, lonely place. So the binge has to come back. And they were caught in that vicious cycle all day. And to me as a systems thinker, as a family therapist, I got intrigued because that's what we studied in families. It's how these people in a family interacted in patterns and sequences and how we could inter interrupt those sequences and start changing the family. And so I began to experiment. Are there ways we can change these interactions inside people? Uh, and because I was assuming what the field still assumes about them, I was limited in how I could have my clients relate. So I thought maybe the critic was some kind of internalized parental voice and the binge was an out of control impulse. And when you think of them that way, you either get your client to stand up for herself to the critic or control the binge. And I did that. And my clients would come back saying, I'm getting worse. Mm -hmm. But I was like the man in the, hole, the shovel. I would dig deeper, stand up stronger, fight harder with the binge. Until I had a client who cut herself and, and insisted on showing me the open wounds every session and had an extensive sex abuse history. And so I tried to get her to stand up to that cutting part and insist that it not do that to her that week. And, and I would yell at the part too. And finally the part, after a couple of hours of that, said, okay, I won't do it this week. And I opened the door to the next session and she had a big gash down the side of her face. And I just emotionally collapsed at that point and spontaneously said, I give up. I can't beat you with this. And the part said, I don't really want to beat you. And that mm -hmm. was the kind of turning point in the history of this because I shifted away from the parts of me that had been so coercive and driven to change these parts. And I just got curious. And I said spontaneously, why did you do this to her? And the part started talking about how it needed to save her life when she was being abused by getting her out of her body and to contain the rage that would get her more abuse. And so I shifted again, not just, not just curious, but now I have a kind of appreciation for the heroic role it played in her life. I could convey that to the partner, broke into tears because everyone had demonized it and tried to get rid of it. And also, as it talked, it became clear that it wasn't living in the present, like it was still living back in those abuse scenes and thought she was still five years old. And it carried these, what I now call burdens, it carried very extreme beliefs and emotions that came into her from those abuse times about the world, about people, about how much value she had. And all of that was driving this cutting part to do what it did. And so from that point on, I never got into battles with parts. And instead, I and I helped my clients get curious and get to know them. And in doing that for now almost 40 years, I can safely say there aren't any bad ones that they're all trying their best to keep us safe. The basic idea is that we're born with them. The natural state of the mind is to be multiple in that way. They come into us, to our life with us, to help us. And they all have valuable qualities and resources. 
in their, in their valuable states, but they're forced out of these naturally valuable states by trauma, by various kinds of abuse or or called attachment injuries into roles that they needed to be in to save us at some point in our life often, but now are anachronistic and can get in our way in our lives and can actually be harmful. But they don't know what else to do because they're still frozen in those terrible times. So that's one basic premise of IFS, that everybody has parts, that they're all good, but they can become destructive. And extreme, and, as you say. Extreme. extreme, exactly. I just want to acknowledge how meaningful it is to me to be in the acceptance that there's no bad parts. And we don't know each other, so you, you don't know much about my experience or my history or how I came to IFS or why it's been so meaningful. But I want to share with you that I've been in recovery from addiction for 15 years to be able to look at the addict part and say, thank you for saving my life. Thank right. you for keeping me alive. To That's look at the controller part and say, thank you for keeping it all together. To be able to now in this grounded, pretty close to self-led way, <laughs> way of living, I can look back and say thank you to all of these parts that had to keep me safe. And so I like to demystify things for people and sort of unpack a little bit of what you said, because, because I think folks are listening to you and they're like, whoa, this guy is like anyone that's new to IFS and, and maybe doesn't have a therapeutic background. But it's also, I want to acknowledge very spiritual practice as well. But just to simply uh, simplify and unpack, and I'll hand it over to you to do the same as well, that we're all multiples. We have come into the world with these different parts. These parts are forced into extreme roles, as you say, through experiences of, of abuse or attachment injury. And then we live out our lives. And this is just in my language now, but we live out our lives protecting ourselves from the experience of these exiled parts. That's right. right. So in my case, I've recovered from, or been in recovery from childhood trauma and PTSD. And so the idea of actually ever facing that child part was so terrifying that I did everything I could to anesthetize that part, that exiled part with all my protectors, aka the drug addict, aka the controller, aka the, you know, the manic worker, overworker. And so I just want to use myself. I'm going to continue to use myself as an example, which is the way that I teach typically to demystify and unpack some of this stuff. So I want you to keep talking about IFS in your language, and then I'm just going to gabify it. I so appreciate your gabifying because it really does make it concrete. And, and uh, I love your vulnerability. So as I was, you know, hearing about all these parts from different clients, and I started doing the same practice with different, with others, finding the same thing. I started as a system thinker, I tried to make a map, you know, try and, figure out, are there common distinctions across people? And you just identified some of them. So what became really clear right away was there were parts who, before they were hurt, were these happy-go-lucky inner children who, when we have access to them, can give us so much joy and creativity and want to love other people and, and just want to be playful. But once they get hurt, then they are no longer so much fun to be around because they're the most sensitive parts of us and they get hurt the most by these traumas. And they take on these very extreme burdens about our worth and things like that. 
And so once they get hurt, we tend to want to run away from them and lock them up in inner basements or abysses or caverns and kind of throw away the key, thinking we're just moving on from the memories, sensations, emotions, and beliefs that came into us from the trauma. And everybody around us is telling us to do that too. So as a result, we wind up locking up a lot of our juiciest parts just because they got hurt. So for the part, it's insult to injury. The insult was the trauma, but the injury really is our abandoning them and locking them away. And then, and then they become even more extreme inside. And so once you get a bunch of these, what I call exiles, like you were talking about with your inner child who is still stuck in the past in these, these scenes of what you went through, once you get a part like that, then to make it in the world, you've got to have other what we call protectors who leave their naturally valuable roles and take on roles to try and contain those exiles so that they don't take over and overwhelm you, so that you don't have to feel those raw feelings all the time, or and or protect them from being triggered mm. by something that would happen outside of you. So some of these protectors try to manage your life so that nothing triggering ever happens and they can become very controlling. Like you, you talked about one of those, I think. Oh, I had. Well, I guess we would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I have a controller part that now unburdened and not in her extreme role has the yeah. ability to get a lot done. And right. speak up when she needs to and take charge. <laughs> and she's an awesome part. I mean, she's the part that wrote nine books in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big part. I, I'm grateful for that part. But she's not extreme anymore and having meltdowns on calls with her team, <laughs> right? So, well, or right. just constantly protecting herself and defensive. Such a beautiful example, Gabby. And, Keep putting and myself what, on there for you to demystify this for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really great. So that's what we call a manager. So there's a set of parts who are trying to manage our life, like I said, so you don't get triggered. They try to control everything, like you said. Uh, They often become inner critics. They can also be very, as you said, critical of other people. And they also are interested in keeping you a certain distance from everybody so you don't get triggered. They they might want to make you look perfect so nobody rejects you or, or criticizes you. They might try to make you perform at a perfect level. So they're really trying to do their best to keep these exiles from ever being triggered by any kind of negative comment or anything like that. So we all have a bunch of those because we all have exiles. And, you know, I have one that can keep me out of my body so I don't really feel much a lot of the time dissociated. or So we have, there's a variety of common roles. Some people, and more often in women, have a part that tries to take care of everybody and neglects themselves. I don't happen to have that one. I have the other one, which is kind of like tries to get everybody to take care of me. But anyway, these are common protector roles, manager roles. These would, in traditional therapy, would be called the defenses, for example. Yep. And the world has a way of breaking through those defenses and still triggering your exiles. And when that happens, it's a big emergency inside. And there has to be another set of parts who immediately go into action to take you out, to get you away from those flames of exile emotion that are consuming you and make you higher than the flames or 
douse the flame with some substance like you were talking about right. or distract you somehow until it all burns itself out and, and it calms down in there again. The firefighters. So firefighters. So we all have a bunch of these firefighter parts who, when the manager's defenses don't work, are called into action and to take us out of our bodies, out of, you know, out of our minds. Most of us have a hierarchy of them. So if the first one doesn't work, we'll go to the next level. If that mm. doesn't work, all the way up to suicide is the top firefighter activity. It comes right. to that. So, yeah, that's the map I created to try and understand all this. For this ad break, we want to take a break to unclench your jaw, relax your shoulders, and take a deep breath. Sometimes we all need a reminder to take a little time to ourselves and Calm can help. We're so excited to be partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you tools that improve the way you feel. So many people are going back to the office and it's causing a lot of anxiety. If work from home is coming to an end, a change in your environment can make it hard to focus on everyday tasks. Calm can help reduce stress so that you can increase your concentration. Clear your head with guided daily meditations. And you know here on Dear Gabby, I prescribe meditations all day, every day. Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And if you go to calm.com slash Dear Gabby, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. They sleep better. They have less stress. They live better with Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calmcalm.com slash Dear Gabby. Go to calm.com slash Dear Gabby for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's com.com slash Dear Gabby. Let's talk about the firefighters for a second. So we've got our managers who run the show day to day. And then a part is triggered by anything, a situation, a smell, a person, whatever it might be, a, a job issue, coronavirus, whatever it might be. And, and this may be really relevant to people who are living through COVID right now, who this hits, you're sent home, you're locked down out of control. Boom. That's when a lot of firefighters show up. For me, an old firefighter of, of uh, controlled eating, boom, came right up. You know, I wasn't going to pick up a drink. I'm coming up on 15 years at that point. I wasn't going to pick up that drink, but I picked up the food control. Like this part of me that just extremely trying to, to anesthetize that discomfort. And I've heard so many people over and over through this COVID experience reference, without realizing it, reference these addict parts of themselves that are really merely the firefighters that are just flying in to say, oh God, I am in this out of control experience, super freaked out. I'm not going to feel that. So I'm going to binge. I'm going to pick up a drink. I'm going to watch porn. I'm going to do whatever I have. I'm going to save everybody else immediately in That's order right. to Absolutely. not feel that. Really well said. And so in your case, I don't want to speak for you, but it's likely your manager is locked up your drinking firefighter, but you hadn't healed your eczema. So there still had to be other firefighters on guard all the time. Yeah. Kick in, and one of them was the eating part you talked about. Which is such um, a great example, 
Dick, of when you're in sobriety, so anyone that's sober and listening and in 12-step sobriety in particular, that concept of you put down the drink, you pick up the boyfriend or you pick up the, the, you know, the work, in my case, work addiction or food addiction. So you've made the commitment to be clean and sober off that one substance, but then you have these other, I never thought about it this way. I'm just getting so blown away in this moment that those other addictions that spike up are just your backup firefighters ready exactly. to get there. And that's why I've, I've always believed, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I've, I've done trainings with you. You don't realize it, but on addiction and IFS, when it comes to addiction and IFS, I've always believed that so much of, of why we get into these addictive parts is because of that unresolved trauma. So mm-hmm. I'd love to just, you know, if you want to briefly speak about how I, I know there's a whole lesson and it could be a two hour workshop, a whole day workshop, but just touching on addiction and IFS. Yeah. So as I say, when you get a bunch of these exiles, and typically exiles who carry emotional pain as a burden or shame, a sense of worthlessness, or terror, because they're still caught in the trauma, mm-hmm. or a variety of those common exiled feelings, when you get a bunch, you've got to have firefighters. You can't mm-hmm. make it in the world if your exiles are running your life. Otherwise, you'd stay in bed all day. And so to to survive, your firefighters have to work really hard. But many of our firefighters, just because they're trying to keep us alive and keep us going, they also piss off everybody around us. And then our critics desperately try to control them and sit on them. And, and we become more increasingly critical of ourselves because we can't. We can't control it. And everybody around us is increasingly angry that we can't control it. And that anger from external people amplifies the critic. Mm -hmm. And all of that goes right into the heart of the exile. And you feel even worse about yourself. You feel like even more of a a failure. And then there's even more need for the firefighter. And so you're caught in that kind of vicious cycle Right. It's the family member so angry with the addict, not realizing that they're angry with this addict part, but they're really, really shaming once again. And it's not, and this is not any blame because we've all got our own ways of doing this, but shaming the child part. Exactly. Oh God, it's so extreme. (laughs) There's a lot here. But what's so beautiful that I want to share with you is once you start to live, because we got to get into self, once you start to live in in the practices of IFS, and you live them for yourself, you start to notice the parts in others. I have a totally different marriage. Thank you so much. You know, you'll have to like officiate my my next my next like renewal <laughs> because you you know this this work has has changed me. It's changed me as a parent. It's changed me as as a wife, uh, as a friend, as a oh, as a boss. Because you can start to see other people in their parts. When someone's acting in an extreme role, it's not because they're an asshole. It's because they're in a child part that's unresolved. I mean, Exactly. And it's such a different way of looking at them. Yeah. So you see their protectors, and their protectors maybe are bothering you. But it's like you have x-ray vision. You can see the exiles that are driving their protectors. And okay. so you can have compassion for them at the same time you're standing up for yourself, and but you're doing it from a different place, right? You're doing mm-hmm. it from what we're calling self rather than from your protector that's only going to shame their exile and cause their protector to come on even more. Okay. And like you, you know, my wife and I have been through cycles where it's just protector wars. 
you know, there's, we're just at it and, and it just takes a lot to get our protectors to step back and reveal the exiles that they're protecting. But when we can do that with each other and talk about the vulnerability, then we can get out of it. So that leads us perfectly into self and living in a self-led way. Yeah. This is probably the best place for someone to start when they open up to IFS, I would imagine, is, is, is exploring self. That's my question to you. Is that a good place for someone to start? Safe? Yeah, it's safe to try to access self. And then it's also pretty safe to, from self, start to work with protector parts. Mm. It's it dicey when we start heading toward our own exiles without somebody there who knows how to help us with that. That's right. But yeah, so self is the big deal about IFS, really. I mean, everything yeah. we've yeah. talked about so far is, is somewhat unique and important. But what I found as I was doing this work I described, where I was having clients talk to these parts, and when I got hip to the fact they're not what they seem and they deserve you to listen to them and try to get to know them, I was trying to set up dialogues because I'm a family therapist. I'm trying to have these inner conversations the way I would in a family session. So maybe I'm having, I'm trying to have you, Gabby, talk to your critic. And as you do that, part who hates the critic seems to have jumped in because you're saying mean things to the critic. And as I watched that happen, it occurred to me, maybe that is just like in a family session. I'm trying to have two people talk to each other and a third jumps in and does the talking, and we learned as family therapy to get that one to step out and just make it between the two, and it all goes better. So I started asking, I'd say, Gabby, is there a part that jumped in that hates the critic, and could we get it to step out? Basically the same thing I was doing in family sessions. Yep. And to my amazement, clients would say, okay, yeah, it did. I'd say, now how do you feel toward the critic? And it'd be entirely different. Mm-hmm. It would be along the lines of, I'm just kind of curious about why it calls me names. Or even I feel sorry for it, like compassion out of the blue would show up. And right. in that state, the dialogue would go well and the critic would drop its, its guard and reveal how it got into its role and where it was stuck in the past. And we could actually help the part it was protecting heal and then free it out of this role. Mm-hmm. And when I would ask clients, because I would do that same step back thing with other clients. And when I would ask when these C word qualities would show up like curiosity and calm and compassion, there are eight C's that uh, are qualities of self. When they would start showing up spontaneously as other parts would step back, I would ask clients, now what part of you is that that's manifesting these qualities? And they would say, you know, that's not a part like these others. That's me or that's myself. So I came to call that the self with a capital S and now 40 years almost later, thousands of clients later, thousands of people using this all over the world, we can safely say that that self is in everybody, can't be damaged, and can be accessed simply by getting parts to open space. And so it's just beneath the surface of these parts. So that's the big deal. I want to share actually two stories, and one is related to self. But before I share the self story with you, I want to tell you this, this story about when I met a part that I had exiled. Mm-hmm. So just to, to unpack this even more. 
So for years, my therapist would say to me, and I didn't realize I was studying it. I, she was doing IFS, but she'd say, can that part of you step aside? Can the protector step aside? And I'd be like, F you, I don't want to step aside. You know, I was really aggressive and really protective because for me with this child abuse experience, I had shame and guilt and terror, 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 terror that would literally make me fall asleep in the session because the dissociated part would be like, no, no, we're not done with there. But one day in, in the therapy session, she kept asking for the protector to step aside, the protector to step aside. And for whatever reason that day, I was safe enough to step aside a little more. And I physically and audibly became a child part. My whole body kind of hunched over like this. And my voice was really like this. And I took on the part. And it was the most fascinating thing. I, 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 I was like, I had become, it, was, it really was just this recognition of we are multiple. That's right. And that part had a physicality and a voice and she was terrified and she was quiet and she hung out for like a minute, but it was unbelievable to me. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the, the physicality of it all too. And then just a self story that is so important when you refer to self is it wasn't that easy for me to recognize self, although self was there all along. But it was actually two years ago, I had a, a child and about nine months into, or six months into my child's life, I was um, struck with postpartum depression. And in that time I had insomnia. And so sleep became a really scary thing for me. And about two months into the COVID stuff, I'd already had my sleep under control. I was doing great. But I had one night where I was feeling really anxious as we all were or are. <laughs> and I was trying to fall asleep and I started thinking to myself, okay, well, who can I bring into my meditation now or to my energy now that could help me? Like, who would I ask for help? And I was like, not my mom, you know, not my husband, not my therapist, not... And I started bringing people in like my friend, my acupuncturist, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden it was like, I saw this vision of myself holding my son mm-hmm. and putting my son to sleep and, and holding him with just full embodied acceptance of all of his emotions and all of his feelings and everything that he is and just totally holding him in his experience until he fell asleep. And I then envisioned that my son was me. My baby self was in my own arms. Mm -hmm. So that experience was another, just one of many examples of how self has stepped up for me and presented herself now. And today I do feel quite self-led as a result of just connecting to her turning to her more frequently and all throughout the day, really. So mm-hmm. I wanted to share those stories with you just, just to tell you. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I, I wrote a book, the title of which was, uh, You're the One You've Been Waiting For. So right, right. That was a great example of how you, oh, this person, this person, oh, wait a minute, I can do it. It's me. I'm so psyched to tell you about our newest podcast sponsor, Osea. Years ago at this entrepreneurial event, I met the founders of one of our new podcast sponsors, Osea, and I loved them. The minute I tried their products, I was initially hooked. I'm so glad that I discovered them and this Osea brand because it's perfect for summer. I've been using it the entire summer outdoors, getting back in touch with nature with all of the time in the sun, but I really wanted my skin to have some extra TLC. Osea has kept my skin nourished and smooth. My skin is truly radiant and dewy. 
I was just at the beach with my family and I used their Andaria algae body oil religiously. This oil feels so luxurious and not greasy or sticky. It absorbs so beautifully into the skin. It's seriously liquid gold and smells beautiful. I was always pretty skeptical of body oil, but this 100% changed my mind. Plus, their packaging is not only beautiful, but also sustainable. Osea has made clean, safe skincare products since 1996, and all of their products are vegan and cruelty-free. Reveal your summer glow with skincare from Osea and get 10% off all products on your first order with promo code Gabby at OseaMalibu.com. You also get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $50. That's 10% off with code Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, at OseaMalibu.com. O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. And I've been a spiritual student for so many years, but when I started studying IFS, I realized something that you've taught me, which is that for a long time, while my, my spiritual pursuits and experiences have been extraordinary and, and transformational, I was spiritually bypassing for a long time, mm-hmm. using my meditation to go higher than the parts. Yeah. So I would love to hear you speak about that because a lot of folks in my audience are self-identified spiritual people mm-hmm. who may have, may be currently unconsciously mm-hmm. spiritually bypassing. So I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. So a lot of people come to spirituality with trauma because they don't have a, nothing else has helped. And they think if I can be a really spiritual person that that will heal it. And they do find that the practices help them access what I'm calling self because they do, they can. I, I, Graduated college and I had a lot of anxiety. I, you know, it's a legacy burden. And, yep. <laughs> and, a legacy burden. <laughs> and uh, so I did TM, as, mainly as an anxiety, you know, treatment, and did find that I could use the mantra and I could, you know, get higher than my anxiety and I could enter the non dual and I would have these very profound experiences and I was, would, could function a lot better in my life. And it was really helpful in many ways, but it didn't touch my exiles. It didn't really heal anything. It allowed me to stay above them in a sense. And so what I would call spiritual bypass is, is that, is using spirituality as a way to get away from your exiles. And I don't want to denigrate it totally because as you said, it can be very valuable. And had I not had the TM experience, actually, I wouldn't have known self when it showed up in my clients. Because I could say, oh, that maybe that's what that is. So, but my goal in terms of, because uh, I'm trying to come to spiritual leaders with some of this information, is to use the meditation to access a lot of self. Because many of these techniques are very good at that but then bring that self to your exile mm-hmm. rather than stay away from them all the time. And so you could do the regular meditation you do, but just add to it a period of time where you come back to that pain or you come back to that shame. And you, from that high place, you bring love to that and compassion and you witness what these parts want you to witness about what happened to you in the past. And then you literally go into those scenes and get them out of where they're stuck and bring them to a present 
it's safe, at which point they're willing to unload the feelings and beliefs. Mm -hmm. So this is a model of transformation. It's not like some mindfulness practices where you just notice, you know, you, you notice in a, in a uh, accepting way, right. your different emotions and thoughts and so on, but you don't try to change them. IFS, for me, simply noticing without trying to help isn't compassionate. Mm. These are suffering beings. So mm. you notice, you separate, which is a great first step. Mindfulness is a great first step. You access some of this self, and then you go and embrace these parts and, and begin to let them get to know you, that, that you're in there, they're not alone, and that you can actually run your life in a way that they can't. Mm-hmm. And IFS is a, is a spiritual practice, I feel, in many ways. In your own words, how would you describe the intersection between IFS and spirituality? Funny should ask, I just am finishing a book for Sounds True on that topic. Oh, well, excellent. <laughs> and it's, it's called No Bad Parts, obviously. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's a big question, but for me, what I'm calling self is what other systems call Buddha nature or uh, Atman or the soul. Or, so for me, it's, it's that God within us. And that's why it can't be damaged. And that's why it knows how to heal. It knows how to extend love. It's all about love, both internally and externally. And, and so for me, you know, uh, in quantum physics, a photon is, can be both a particle and a wave. And so there's a wave state of self, and that's what we meditate. That's what we get into when we, we go high into these higher levels, the non-dual, this ocean. You lose your boundaries because you enter the wave of self, but it's the same self who comes back and particleizes when you are separate, when you're in your body and you have boundaries and you know, you know you're different, but when you're in self, you also sense that level of connectedness yeah. that comes from the wave. So for me, self is that, and I stumbled onto a way to access it quickly and also to help people practice living their life from that place. So that's one aspect of the spirituality of it. And when you say access self quickly through the IFS style meditations, through the eight C's, or the C's sort of a result of living in self? It's, it's both. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I'm facing a situation, like when I came to do your podcast, before we start, I'll notice how much am I in my body, how much self is present. I'll notice how open is my heart, uh, how much of a big agenda do I have, or how much can I just be present? Mm-hmm. How many of those HCs seem to be with me? Mm-hmm. If I don't feel those things, it means there's some part that's trying to protect. And then I'll find the part that's doing that. And I'll say, if you had a microphone in my head, you'd hear, just let me handle this. You know, it always goes better if you trust me to just, you know, I can talk to Gabby and we'll have a good time if you just let me stay. And so, that becomes a life practice. And then I'll suddenly feel my heart open or I'll mm-hmm. suddenly feel relaxed in terms of an agenda mm-hmm. when they agree to step back. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't, but because I've done it so often now and because I've healed so many exiles, they don't feel the same level of, of fear about protecting. And right. so they, they trust me more and now they let me lead in, the, in most cases. 
because they're no longer so extreme. <laughs> transform. They're in their naturally valuable states. Right. They have value. The experience I've had since March, really, I've only, I told you, it's like seven years of IFS for overnight success. <laughs> it was like, I, I had uh, this real big moment of, of recognition of self in, in this period since March. And now my, myself, if you heard her as a microphone, is really compassionate. She says, mm-hmm. Gabby, you, just, you did the best you could. Let's, mm-hmm. let's try That's that again. Uh, myself is really good at advocating for little Gabby now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she does it in a way that's extreme. And so she feels shame for that. And then self comes in and says, okay, that was a little extreme, <laughs> but still you did good work. You took care of her. You know, so it's really this beautiful internal landscape mm-hmm. of relationships that are led by this all-knowing, all-loving part. Or, or, or truth. It's good inner, inner parenting, basically, is what you're Inner parenting. And it's really helpful. I, when, I, when I've helped my husband with practicing a little IFS with him, he was upset about something. And I said, Zach, what would you say to Oliver? Oliver's our two-year-old. What would you tell Ollie if he was having this problem? He's like, I would tell Ollie that there's no problem, that I'm taking care of everything, that he is totally fine. Everything's cool. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Can you say that to your child part? And he, he did. He yeah. did. He had such a ride in, that, in a minute. It was like, whoa, I got that. I can take care of myself the same way I could take care of my kid. There it is. And, you know, as a man, instead we're raised to, if you're scared to do something, attack yourself for being a wimp, mm-hmm. which you would never do to your kid. Never. Do all the time to this inner kid. Right. And of course, that just makes the kid feel worse and more scared. And then you get into that vicious cycle. So... So as we sort of come to the, I don't want to ever stop talking to you. I have to just, hopefully you'll be my friend and we can talk more. Um, I have so many more questions. There's two sort of um, selfish requests. So the first one is I'm writing this, this book right now, which is taken IFS and EMDR and SC and all these different practices to get me to the place where I felt safe enough to, to write this book. And it's a book of, of really a trauma journey of my recovery. I'm introducing IFS from my own experience of it. But I've noticed I, as I study with you, that we really don't want to, like you said, let people start to explore those exiles unless they're in a therapeutic setting. And so what's the most gentle and impactful way to allow somebody to practice IFS for the first time, maybe on themselves in a way that won't blow them out in a triggered state? Yeah. So like I said earlier, it's very safe in general to practice IFS with your protectors. Mm. So we've talked about a, a variety of common protectors, and maybe as we've done that, your listeners have been thinking about their own. And uh, so simple exercise would be to focus on that critic or the caretaking part or the, the one that tries to organize everything and organize, control everything or whichever one it is. And notice where it seems to be broadcasting from or located in your body or around your body. And then as you notice it, notice how you feel toward it. So those are the first three steps of IFS in working with any part. And if you don't like it or you're afraid of it or you've got some kind of attitude toward it, that means there are other parts that are polarized with it. So then you ask those other parts to just for a few minutes, give you a little space in there 
So you can open your mind and your heart to it. And you do that until you get to a point where you feel either curious or compassion. And you don't interact with it until you're there. But once you're there, you simply ask what it wants you to know or why it's doing what it's doing. And then you wait for an answer. That's the key because right. most of us have been in other kinds of therapies where this narrating part figures it out and does all the talking. So you don't want it to come from there. You want it just to come right from that protector, the answer. And you get an answer, and then you begin a dialogue with it. And you know, there's some common questions that I can share, but mm-hmm. mainly you're trying to get to know it and, and honor it. Once you learn about what it protects, honor it instead of vilify it, which you have been doing. And so I'm clear, you're really working to know the protector. Yeah. Yeah. In in doing that, you'll learn about what it's protecting, Mm -hmm. which often is an exile. Mm -hmm. It's fine to learn about your exile. It's really when you go there, it's good to have somebody hold your hand. Oh, yeah. um, Figuratively, at least. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist but somebody who can be with you even if you're in a lot of emotion yeah, and you trust can, can not freak out by it. Yeah, yeah. Is there a place that people could find an IFS therapist? Yeah, we have a website and it has a directory. The website is ifs-institute.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a, a directory on it and a store with a lot of resources. And if you're not a trained therapist, can you be trained to trained in IFS beyond yeah. the inner circle? And yeah. Yeah. Our, our uh, training programs are open to most anybody. Great. You can't call yourself a therapist when you're done, but, but you can, you know, work on yourself. And like you said, work with your husband and, yep. you know, good that way. Share it. Yeah. Share it and live it. Most importantly, live it. Yeah. Before we wrap up, would you do like a one or two minute meditation with self? Is that, sure. that reasonable? Okay, not reasonable. It might be an honor. <laughs> yeah, do that. So, yeah, so take a second and get comfortable. Just notice the parts of you that are present. And there might be parts that are trying hard to figure out what we're talking about or are skeptical or parts that are all excited about it, parts that are feeling defensive or not wanting to think about your inner world much, trying to distract you. So these are all common protectors. And if it's possible, just let them know you see them, you see how they're trying to protect you. You want to get to know them more. You don't have time to do that right now. But see if they'd be willing to relax even just a little bit inside, just for a couple minutes. So you could come more into your body. And you could go to each of them and just again ask it to give you a little space to pull this energy out of you a little more. So you can come more into your body. If they're willing to do that, you'll feel more embodied. You'll feel more spacious. 
more at peace. With self comes a kind of sense that everything's okay. You might feel your heart's open more. Your breathing is easier. And where you're not feeling those things, one of your parts is blocking. So you can go to the block and just ask it for a little more space. So you feel a little more of it. And at some point, you might even feel a kind of warm, vibrating energy, making your fingers tingle or your toes, which is what we call self-energy. It's a very healing energy. And if you're not feeling any of these things and your parts aren't willing to separate, that's okay. Maybe they're just not ready to today, or maybe they have good reasons to not let you feel this way, that you need to explore. But if they will let you, it's, it's good to really get a felt sense of this state, the state of self. So you can remember when you're in it and when you're not. And when you're not, you can find the part that's taking you out and, and work with that. So when the time feels right, you can tell your parts, they can snap back to action. They want and you can begin to shift your focus back outside. Let's see if even as you open your eyes, it's possible to hold some of this increased self-state, even when you come back here. How was that? Well, for me, it was beautiful. I, um, I have a part that likes to TMJ part. Mm-hmm. It relaxed. Mm-hmm. I started feeling that clicking in my ear, just started to let go. That's a strong part. Doesn't want to hang around. Yeah, good to know that one. But as you can see, in contrast to so many spiritual traditions, we think of the ego as a bunch of little protectors trying their best, not as the enemy, not as something that's a parasite or something like that. And so we ask parts to open space rather than trying to push them away or trying to force yourself to be empty of your mind. And so we're asking for permission to, to meditate. I could carry on this conversation for another two hours and just ask you more and more and more questions. And it is such an honor to be able to be in dialogue with, with you about this. I, I hear your voice in my ears all the time as I'm listening and learning from your inner circle and listening to your books and reading your books simultaneously. And I just... I just can't thank you enough. The work has has brought me back to safety and therefore brought me back to self. I will be a better teacher, a better wife, a better mother, and a better mother to myself. Yeah. I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you well, enough. I, I thank you too, and I love getting to know you. And Before we wrap it, I want to make sure we make sure everybody knows where to go and maybe to share some titles of some books that we would love, that you'd like to have people know about. Okay, well, uh, again, the website is ifs-institute.com. Um, in terms of books, there are two that I wrote for the public. One is called An Introduction to IFS, and the other is called You're the One You've Been Waiting For that I mentioned. Um, there's a, a, what do you call it, a, a audio mm-hmm. class. The sum of your parts, yeah. Um, sounds true, called Greater Than the Sum of Your Parts, that people seem to like. I love that one. I use the meditations all the time. Do you? Okay, great. And then uh, if there are therapists in the audience, uh, I put out a second edition of the original book, 
which is called Internal Family Systems Therapy. Uh, and so the second edition that uh, has become the Bible for therapists. And you can also get that in the store on our website or from Guilford Press. Yeah. And if you have a therapist, you can ask your therapist if they do parts work because often they do and they may have already been doing it with you, but you didn't know. And I have found that the more I know about it, the easier the work has been for me, actually. I'm glad that I didn't realize what I was doing until now, but the more I know about it, the the more I can kind of recognize what's going on. And my therapist and I've had a, a lot, of, she's excited to hear this interview and we've had a lot of um, transformational experiences as a result of this work. Well, thank you for all the, the good IFS she's been doing with you. Cause she did great. Yeah. I can tell how self-led you are now. So it's really great. Thank you. If you made it to the end of this episode, that means you're truly committed to miracles. I'm really proud of you. If you want to get more Gabby, tune in every Monday for a new episode. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the guidance or special bonus episodes. Your experience of this show means a lot to me. So I really want to welcome you to leave an honest review. And you can follow me on social media at Gabby Bernstein. And if you want to get in on the action, sign up for a chance to be Dear Gabby live at DearGabby.com. See you next week. Gabby.